attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a, another fun-filled adventure down the rabbit hole of Adam and Dana's brains on Disney with special guests. If, if you hear some cooing and awing in the background, uh, little Noah is with us this week for part of this. And if you hear some slobbering and shaking, uh, I have Marla over here. Sometimes she'll toot. It, it makes it very pleasant. I have a feeling you have a better scenario than I, Adam. Uh, it depends. He, he's pretty gassy right now, too. We just started eating, yeah. putting some like chicken and um, beef into his diet. And oh, so good. that's made for some interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting things on the back end. Oh, yes. Yeah. Bodily functions, folks. I'm yep. sure that's why you are here to listen to us talk about <laughs> our animals and pets bodily functions. Um, so on a happier note than baby's bowel movements, uh, Dana, <laughs> you just keep popping down to Disneyland. Well, when you have a magic key, why not? I have been down, gosh, every two weeks, I think, we've been going on a, on the weekend because we can, so I'm happy to do it. And we just were there last Sunday. I have a lot to tell you. I'll let you know how the day went and everything, and we got to eat at a couple of restaurants and just enjoy I'm the jealous. day. I've been so sad. Like, we haven't been able to figure out how to go. And maybe before we dive into hearing about your trip, should we just start off the top with drama? Because we love drama. Yeah. There's drama. Of course. There's drama. Let's so talk. meanwhile, down in, you know, our friendly, our friends down in Orlando, they've got their own drama with Disney Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes and Long Lines. And I saw something about like, mm-hmm. it was like recommending a two hour wait it was a short wait at Pirates of the Caribbean at one point. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. So, so things are going well in Florida. Uh, but we got our own drama out here on the best coast, the West Coast, uh, at Disneyland. Magic key drama. The people are not happy. Well, if by the drama, are you talking about how my magic key box has not showed up yet? Yet I get on TikTok and I see all these people who are like, we just got our magic key box. What is the magic key box, you ask, Adam? (laughs) It's supposed to be just all the little freebies they give you for signing up for the magic key. So I'm supposed to get like a lanyard and a sticker and a cute little pin and all that stuff. And I just, every time I'm on TikTok, some new person is like, look, I got my box. And yet here I am, still boxless. Disney, come on. my magic key the day it went on sale. That's true. I think you need to call. Do you think it has to do with the fact because remember, there were some issues with when you were on a payment plan, because those make sense anyway, because nobody's going to fork out, you know, 900 and some odd dollars up front. But do you think maybe it's because of that, like because you're doing monthly instead of. Oh, maybe we are doing monthly. I don't think that's it. I mean, other people have said that they were shipped out of San Diego and I am very close to San Diego. So what the heck, Disney? I just want my free swag. Yeah. Come on, Disney. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, well, well, look, that is drama, but there's more drama. Uh, okay. If you're a magic key holder, you are pretty much out of luck to go to the parks the rest of the year. Oh, tell me about it. So it's bad. It's bad. And like Disney's having to like kind of like try to they're basically doing some PR around it being like, no, no, no. Our magic key pass holders say they're happy. They have the dates they want. But like if you wanted mm-hmm. to go, like if we were to finally buy our pass, which we were actually really thinking about doing finally 
to be able to come down, there's no point. Like, we might as well just buy single-day tickets at this point because, so the dream key, there's, as of this morning, which it's probably changed by now, there is one day left in October. If you have the top-tier, super expensive $1,400 pass, there's one day left in October you can go. The majority of November is gone, say, for mm-hmm. a couple of weekdays here and there. Uh, in December, only DCA is available as your starting park, and I think that was mainly for weekdays. So, you know... You're right. That's that's for the expensive one. That it's not good. And look, I know that we're still dealing with the ramifications of the pandemic, and they have this uh, park reservation system because they need to know how many employees, cast members they want to bring in for the parks. But it is getting pretty ridiculous. And I had a a old former coworker reach out to me saying, "How are you going so often? We bought the magic key and we can't ever get any dates." And my trick, folks, is that I book it out almost sixty days in advance because just like dining, the availability comes out on a rolling sixty. Yeah, but there goes the idea that spontaneity, right? Like we have the pass, we can go when we want. You can't. Um, well, that was gone the second they created the yeah, magic key. Like true. the minute park reservations existed, you can't go to the park either as a guest or a magic key holder the day of and expect to walk in the door. Yeah. You just can't anymore. And that goes for the East Coast, too. So the key you have and the key we were going to get at some point is the Believe key. That one, uh, October is also completely gone as of this morning. Literally, I got on there, and at one moment, there was, like, Disneyland available for one day in the middle of the week at the end of October, and then I refreshed, and it was gone. Uh, There's a handful of November weekdays, and then in December, DCA weekdays only for the first half of the month, and then after that, there's nothing. Uh, But here's the thing. Single-day tickets are available. And I believe I read correctly that you can apply your single day ticket costs to a magic key. Is that right? Did you see that? You can. There's a lot of stipulations about this. And so I don't want to butcher this because I actually have had a lot of clients reach out with the same question. I would direct everybody to look at the fine print on the Disney website about this. (laughs) And this does not include like comp tickets or ca- you know cast right. member discounted tickets if you have a or purchase a single park ticket you can use that and then go on the same day and purchase your magic key and it should include it now it's unclear entirely the the language on there says exactly what i just said that you can purchase a single day ticket and then also buy the magic key the day you visit it does not mention if you can go do this on one of those blockout dates for the for the parks. Meaning, mm. if you were buying a magic key that would have normally been blocked out the day that you're visiting, can you still purchase that magic key that day? That is a gray area. I've been on the phone with some ticketing people what at Disney, said? and they they have not given me a full answer. Like they don't even seem to know. So maybe it's the luck of the draw with the cast member you get, right? Totally. I strongly caution anybody attempting to do this. Hey, Noah. Noah, sorry guys. Noah is very, he just saw himself in the camera. He's a, He's not vain at all or anything. Um, anyways, he's a giant sorry. now, by the way, Adam. Oh, he's a giant he's baby. A giant. That I, I was. You all missed this when Dana and I were uh, bantering back and forth before we got on. He now full on climbs on things and stands up to the point we had to lower mm-hmm. his crib last night because he was turning into a little. Uh, he was a bit of a flight risk in the crib. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So okay. So oh, what? Fun. So they. So the cast members don't even know is what you're saying. 
I asked that question and I, to two different cast members when I called for different related um, questions about ticketing, and neither of them had a straight answer. They were like, you can come and try, but we can't guarantee it, was essentially what they said. And they said it with less confidence than I'm saying right now. <laughs> Maybe it's going to like, he just like one cast member says no, you could add a line, you could pack in line, you get another cast member. And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yay. Policies. So, yeah, I, it's a racket. I would honestly, Adam, and to anybody listening, if you're looking to buy a Magic, you don't buy it until 2022. Buy it in January. Come visit then. The crowds will be lower anyway. I know you'll miss out on all the holiday stuff, but you will regardless at this point. So don't don't waste the money. Well, unless we just buy a single day ticket and come down. So single day tickets range from $115 to $154 and literally... um, October is gone, but November and December wide open every day of the week, including weekends with single day tickets and park hoppers. You can throw another $55 on your ticket and go to both parks and switch at one o'clock. I believe it's still one o'clock is the rule. So that's still an option to be able to go to the parks. We may do that because we haven't bought our tickets yet and then we can come down for a weekend, even though I am assuming it's going to be a mob scene every weekend at the parks between here and Christmas. Yeah, I think it's just going to get crazier and crazier. I will say from being there last weekend, we were there on one of the nights that they did the Oogie Boogie Bash over at California Adventure. I have grown to hate those days. I really am tired of these special events. I think I get why Disney does them. But if you're there a day of one of these events, everybody has to leave that park uh, at six o'clock sharp, um, they'll just st- if you don't leave, they'll just start stop. They will stop you from going on any of the rides because you don't have the colored wristband. Uh, y- you won't be there for more than 15 yeah. minutes. OK, past so six. I get it. I-, I get what you're saying with Disneyland. Right. I will say in Florida, I'm a fan of them. Well, let me finish my thought here, because where I'm trying to go at is at six o'clock, then that means most like 75% of the people visiting are now going to Disneyland or downtown Disney. And those two areas just get flooded with people because it's Disneyland and everything is within walking distance. Adam, your point of like when they have those special events, well, there's three other parks people can go to plus a 20 plus resorts and a downtown Disney area or Disney Springs. My, my whole thought on that though, with those events down at Disney world, is that like for us when we used to travel down there from New York and so maybe mm-hmm. it'd probably be the same coming from here like you could get an early morning flight uh out we like the magic kingdom we don't love the insane crowds now it's our now my perspective is totally changing now that we have a kid so this is more <laughs> towards the people without children that want to go down you know the Magic Kingdom during the day is like stroller central, like Fantasyland is bumper to bumper strollers and stroller parking mm-hmm. overflowing and all that. What we learned pre having a baby was we would plan our trips around there being like a uh, villains after hours or something at the Magic Kingdom that we would just buy that ticket for the Magic Kingdom. And that would be our Magic Kingdom day where we would go in at like say lay you in at like four or five in the afternoon with those events and then you're in there till like yeah. midnight one in the morning and you could free range of the rides that you want to ride because most of the rides were open during those after hours events and parties so 
we kind of like we did a villains after hours once to do that and we also did uh mickey's not so scary halloween to do that as well one trip so we did it like day of travel day we'd arrive in orlando drop our stuff at the hotel and then go to the park at like five o'clock and be there all night and then we still got everything we wanted out of the magic kingdom with a heck of a lot less people there Oh, I agree, Adam. You're exactly correct on how to do this in Florida. We did one of those um, not-so-scary Halloween parties a few years ago, too. And as an adult without kids, it's great. You can maximize all those rides. If you have little kids, you probably can't do those parties as well because there's bedtime. But even I'd say kids eight and up, they can handle staying up late and doing all those rides. So take advantage of those. (laughs) But I think take advantage of them in Florida. I don't know if they're the best at this. They're great events. But I think for the cost and the hours, it's just not as spectacular as it is in Florida. Well, then there's going to be us with like dragging Noah there to the after hours event. (laughs) The stroller, fall asleep. It's fine. When he's nine months old or something like, yeah, you're just going to be here. <laughs> go, go with that. It's fine. So, <laughs> look, I, I guess bottom line is, like you said, Dana, if you want, like, hold off on buying your magic key until the new year. There's really no mm-hmm. point unless you are feeling lucky and you think you're going to be able to buy a single day and then add it to your cost of the ticket. Then maybe it's worth it because then you do get to knock some of that overall price off of your magic key. But who knows if that will actually be successful hmm we can't be the only ones thinking this way i know we're not and because everything is the blocked out right now i'm sure a lot of people will be starting to try this same method that you're describing so chances are i had better insight disney will catch on very fast and suddenly put a rule up that says if there are no (laughs) passes available that day it doesn't work um okay so that is the magic key drama now happier news should we do happier news Yes. We like happier news. Okay. So two things have returned. The monorail is back. The Disneyland monorail is back. Uh, Remember, that goes from downtown Disney over to Tomorrowland. Um, Yeah. I also have a big hot tip that I just figured out. This is for all of you Magic Key holders, people who visit a lot and are driving into the Mickey and Friends slash Pixar parking structure. So we were there. We parked on the roof. It was a busy day last Sunday. And what we discovered was if you take the Pixar elevator down to floor two instead of the main bottom floor, and you take the little bridge that takes you over to downtown Disney, it drops you off right in front of the gate where the monorail is. And if you go over there, it's like the monorail and the entrance to the Disneyland Hotel, that little sweet spot, that's where you should enter the park. You can get your bags checked there with a hardly zero weight. And then you, instead of walking the half a mile you walk, to uh, you know, the tram walk now. You are now walking that half a mile through downtown Disney. Oh, it's a little good. bit more pleasant. So that's my hot tip. And if you're going to Disneyland at the first start of your day, you can get on the monorail right there at the entrance. What else is back? More parades are back. Uh, yes! the, uh, they will be doing the, and I have to scroll down so I don't say this wrong, uh, the Christmas Fantasy Parade comes back starting November 12th. Uh, it's going to be twice a day, 3 and 5.30. So get your spot on you know, Main Street to be able to see the Christmas parade. Santa will be back. Mickey's back. Everybody's back. Parades are back. It's not just a random cavalcade. So, yeah, the Christmas parade is back. Uh, 3 and 5.30 daily is what it sounds like. Um, so either go stake out your spot and watch the parade or 
uh, go take that time to go ride rides when the lines are shorter. <laughs> I can't wait. They do have these little like cutesy cavalcades going that are not as big of a spectacle as the ones in Florida, but the ones here in California are super cute. They have the characters right now on the double decker buses going up and down and like some super random characters. I was personally very excited to see like Captain Hook and Wendy who are in the in the mix. Uh, but now they're bringing back full parades and I think we're the first of the coast to get yeah. a full parade back. Yeah, because they've still just been doing the cavalcades down in Florida. Yeah. Eh. Unless they've announced something in Florida that I'm unaware of. I don't but think so. Hey. Okay, so on that same note, keeping with the parade theme. Okay. Okay, one of our favorite traditions when we lived in New York was, and this is a little known fact, unless you live in New York, you know about this. Uh, I think maybe a lot of people know about it and I'm just pretending it's some like insider New Yorker secret. But the night before the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, they blow up all the balloons and literally all of New York City goes and it's a walkthrough. You like bring a little flask or a little hot toddy or something with you and it's a walkthrough of all the balloons being blown up and it's a long Central Park. Well, there's going to be a new float to see this year. Disney Cruise Line has made a Disney Wish float for what? Yes, for uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So it'll be debut- debuting this year. Uh, it'll look like the Disney Wish. It's going to spotlight 15 friends, including Captain Minnie and Captain Mickey, Princess Tiana, Aladdin, Jasmine, Cinderella, and others are all going to be on the float. This is like. I'm sorry, but this is huge. This is like Disney infiltrating yeah. NBC territory. Like the Macy's Thanksgiving yeah. Day Parade is always the NBC thing. And Disney gets the Christmas Parade at Walt Disney World, right? And so... I don't think they ever have any Disney representation in the No, Macy's I don't even Parade. think Disney on Broadway. Or maybe The Lion King has done like that. You know, when the Broadway shows yeah. come and do right in front of Macy's. But yeah. never like this. So this is kind of cool. Interesting. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. I I love the Macy's parade and I also love that fun fact. I think you shared it with me years ago and that's what Ryan and I did. It was like 19 degrees. Yeah, I'll it's never forget freezing, being but it's worth it. So cold. But yeah, it was worth it. We got a picture of next to the bi- giant Snoopy. Oh, uh, like under there. the fishnetting, really right? To hold them down, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay, Speaking so- of balloons, I'm still going to say I cannot wait for Kite Tales. I am still team Kite Tales will exist by February. It is not going to be there come February, Dana. I hate to break it to you, but it will not be there. Promise. I have to see this show. And I'm going to go sit where they crash so I can really get the full effect of them just like pummeling into the stage and well, being hopefully, done. It looks so silly. Hopefully this does not happen with the Disney Wish float. However, there's if you look around online, there's some epic videos of like like the balloon. Because you know it's like an army of people who have to carry the balloon, like hold the balloon through well, the they parade. They look like the Macy's balloons. Yeah. yeah. And so... Oh, wait, are you talking about the Macy's? Or are you yeah, talking I'm back about on Macy's. Kite tails. Oh, and okay. And so yeah. they like... There's always the video of somebody who got... It's like knocked over or the balloon crashes and so- I love it. I love it. I love it all. Um, okay, so two more quick things. One I feel okay about, and one I'm like, no, Disney, no. Okay, so we all know my obsession with everything pumpkin spice. There's been the discovery of yet another pumpkin spice treat at Disneyland. Okay. It's the pumpkin spice fritters. 
So they're basically like fritter balls that you would get at like Long John Silver's, I guess, or something, right? Yeah. But they're pumpkin spice with a cream cheese dipping sauce uh, in Disneyland at the Royal Street Veranda for $5.99. Oh, I will definitely try this. I'm guessing they're going to be like pumpkin donuts, basically. Like donut holes. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. So they look good. So let me know. Um, But then the one thing that should have never been made should be banned from planet Earth. Like, whoever Uh-oh. designed this thing should be arrested. Okay. It's terrifying. I'm nervous. I don't understand why. And I'm sure it's probably sold out. So, it is a new spirit jersey that <laughs> is scented. So, they have figured out how to scent their clothing. It is a popcorn-scented Disneyland spirit jersey. <laughs> oh, no! I wish everybody could see Dana's face right now. Like... Oh, gross. Of all the scents you could pick, popcorn? Popcorn? Uh, like, the manufactured popcorn scent is always atrocious. Well. Terrible. No, it's the ugliest spirit jersey. I can't even explain it. It's, like, multicolored I'm looking and popcorn up. and, like, the it's just horrendous. It looks awful. I And I'm sure, again, it's gimmicky, and I'm sure it's completely sold out from Disneyland already by now. But it's $74.99, and it... $75? What? You gotta pay for the the smell of vision. Um, Yeah, $74.99. I found it, and it is, it's very ugly. And it's, it looks like the Casey's Corner, um, like stripes with the Mickey balloons everywhere. I I don't like this at all. It's bad. So please don't buy it. And like, what what happens with your laundry? When you wash that, do all your clothes end up coming out smelling like popcorn scent? Is it like wow. scratch and sniff? I don't know. Anyway, it things something. I'll tell you this about Disney. I'll tell you this about Disney merchandise. If they have something scented, it will smell for a long time because my daughter has Bing Bong and he smells like cotton candy. Her entire closet where Bing Bong often sits just is wafting of this cotton candy scent and it smells pretty good. But she got that two Christmases ago and he still smells just as fragrant from day one. <laughs> Well, you know, hey, it's what it's what they do, I guess. Um, anyway, that that's kind of all I had. We figured we would not dive into the um, Disney World drama with Genie Plus. There's plenty of places you can go read and listen to and watch vlogs on all that. So we keeping it keeping it on the West Coast this week with our updates. Well, and I'm sure we'll have our own drama with Genie Plus once it does open up here in California. But Genie Plus opened up. Only in Florida a couple of days ago, and they're hopefully working out the kinks will, on the co- that I will, coast. <laughs> I will say the Lightning Lane pricing surprised me. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be way more, and like the most expensive was fifteen dollars or something for Rise of the Resistance. It was between so. seven to fifteen dollars. So, yeah, so that's not terrible. No, I still am not going to pay it. No. I'm not going to pay that money for a ride. But I'll pay for Plus. It's not terrible. I'll pay for Disney Genie Plus because I love Max Pass Plus or Max Pass or whatever they called it. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, 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 no need to pay for the lightning lane. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, so Dana, you were at Disneyland and you mm-hmm. went back to Lamplight Lounge. And I think if people recall, we went to Lamplight Lounge when we all finally made our grand return to the parks and we're not so thrilled with it. We were not impressed. Like, thank we goodness there was a show happening on uh, the Incredicoaster, people being rescued to distract us from the bad food and bad service. So how was it going back? Have they worked out their kinks? Tell 
Tell, tell, tell. Yes. So a group of us went for the brunch this time. And Adam, I know you and I did the brunch a few years ago. So the menu has pretty much stayed the same. I will say overall, I believe that the brunch is the best way to go with Lamplight Lounge over lunch or dinner. I don't think the dinner menu is as fantastic based off of our experience last June. The brunch was phenomenal and we all got different items and I think I had a bite of everybody's and they were all amazing. So I'm going to quickly go through everything on the menu just so you guys know. Um, They have their main entrees. They have a crab and potato cake Benedict. They also have a brunch burger, which is a grilled custom burger with American cheese, one egg on top, roasted green chilies, lettuce, uh, paprika, aioli, on a toasted um, brioche bun with some fruit on the side. Okay. Ryan got that. It was delicious. It sounds exactly like it is. The egg, of course, was runny and just kind of came through the burger. Ace's brunch burger. They also have the lamplight chilaquiles, which is made with house tortilla chips, cheddar jack cheese, two eggs sunny side up, queso fresco, Red onions, cilantro, sour cream, and sliced avocado on top of a three chili red sauce and papitas. That sounds delicious. Um, that with the Bloody Mary? Mm. Oh, yes. This was really good. I thought it needed to be a little bit spicier, but I think I've just killed my taste buds with spice over the years. So You live in, you live in Southern it California. Was, it's a lot. Yeah, it's just what you do. Uh, they have the potato flautas, which is what I got. This is the gluten-free and uh, vegan option on the menu. Uh, this is plant-based chorizo, a dairy-free pico crema, serrano to- tomatillo salsa, arugula salad, um, all wrapped up inside those flautas. So Ooh. this was amazing. And this was quite spicy. This was the perfect blend of spice because of that plant-based chorizo. So highly recommend this. I will get it again anytime. They have the egg white frittata bake, which is uh, hen of the woods, mushrooms, spinach, tomatoes, red peppers, all the, all the vegetables all mixed in there. Yeah. We actually didn't get this one, but it sounds good. And then, of course, the New York avocado toast. This I got last time with you, Adam. It You know. California, you got to have an avocado toast. I like that they call it New York, but come on, it's really a California thing. Basic. Uh, and it's a typical avocado toast, but the reason they, I think they put it in New York is because they put steak strips on it. Um, yes, I remember this from last steak time being delicious. New York. <laughs> Let's make this New York, put steak on it. Um, and then the real winner that everybody loves, and we ended up getting an order of this uh, for the whole group to share, is the indulgent French toast. So this is cinnamon brown sugar, challah bread, Irish whipped cream, maple syrup, uh, marinated berries, and a house-made almond brittle as French toast. And the kids' version comes as French toast sticks. So, mm. so good. Okay, so, I have to, so good. I have to, my, the inner Jew in me is, has to correct you. Oh, what did I say? Challah. It's challah. Oh, I don't know. There you go. See, I, every I day you Jewish. learn something new. I do. I have learned probably more about the Jew, Jewish religion <laughs> from you in the last year than I have known in the 30 years of my life. So I greatly appreciate holla. it. Ain't no holla back. No, I'm kidding. That's bad. Anyway, it's holla. Yeah, holla. 
Um, they, of course, have a bunch of different drinks, non-alcoholic and specialty beverages. They have a mimosa flight, which you and we I got last time. love the mimosa flight. I got it again. And, sir, it is still delectable. Highly recommend <laughs> it. You get four different um, tiny, you know, mimosa flights. And there's, like, a, a mango one, a mint, a watermelon, and I believe it was a grapefruit one. Really hoping this is – with cutesy it, uh, stuff. Yeah, it has to be better than that. Um, what Kim and Sierra were telling us about the gin flight over at the Magic Key Terrace – well, it sir, just, I also went to the Magic Key oh. Terrace on this trip. We did not do the gin flight, but we <laughs> did try some of the food and get drinks. I stuck with wine. I'm very happy I did. I got their red blend and it was delicious. Mm. But uh, all the food over there was subpar. It was bland. We got the Impossible Burger sliders and they were like just bun and burger it nothing uh, on it no oh. like garnish of any sort so very disappointed with the uh, magic key terrace except for the service the service at magic key terrace is phenomenal we had some of the best waitresses uh the same gal who made the drinks for sierra and kim oh, last time came out yes Deborah? she made the Deborah. you remembered it right and she, i met her and she is a lovely and they even wanted to like know about our podcast so that was pretty cool so shout out to deborah if she listens um but it was like the, again the service is a 10 out of 10 the food somebody needs to go back and take a relook at that menu <laughs> all right all right are you ready to talk about the vault going into the vault i don't i really need to stop doing that because it just doesn't work i can't so as long as you keep you know what we should do we should make some sort of songy thing. A little jingle. Or, yeah. A little jingle. Yeah, a little. Go and yeah. do the vault. We, the vault. I don't know. Doing but like, the vault. I feel like it has to I, be like a very like newsies type of like 1920s. Yeah. Like, do, do, do. I don't know. <laughs> we'll task our unpaid intern with coming come up, up with, something. with something for us. Yeah. I have a fun vault for right. you today. Do I get clues? Really do excited. I get to guess? Oh, gosh. Let me think of a good clue for you. I will tell you that this is, we've already talked about this particular ride, but this is a different spin on it. What park? Disneyland. Hmm. We've already talked about it, but there's a different spin. Hmm. Is it Big Thunder? No, but that's a good guess. I'm going to talk about the Haunted Mansion <sighs> Holiday Overlay. Oh, yay. Which is 20 years old this I year. Know, I know, I know. Yeah, remember we talked about the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the oh gingerbread my, house. Gingerbread house, that thing, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going to give you kind of a little bit of a deep dive into this story of how the Haunted Mansion Nightmare Before Christmas overlay came to be. There's a lot more that I learned existed that I had no idea. I will also say it is the best overlay that has ever existed in all of Disney history. It is so immersive and really takes the Nightmare Before Christmas story to heart. So it's it's awesome. But if you aren't aware, the overlay is when the parks take one of the rides and kind of add a holiday spin to it. So they do this with the Jungle Cruise and It's a Small World, a few others. So that's kind of where this all got started. I love that we just have um, it here in California. Like it's it's our own special little thing at, at Disneyland. 
And it's been our own special thing for 20 years. So to start off, before I get into the history of the overlay, just a quick history of the movie Nightmare Before Christmas. Love it. So this movie premiered in 1993. But when it first premiered, it was seen as something as a little too macabre, a little too dark for the Disney audience. And that was decided by CEO Michael Eisner at the time. Um, Taking it a step back further, Tim Burton, who who is the producer of Nightmare Before Christmas, had an overall deal at Disney after his success with Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. So they're like, come, bring something like that to us, but put make it Disney. And he thought he did with Nightmare Before Christmas. And Michael Eisner was like, no, this is too dark for our sweet little Disney audience. And so they put it out um, through the distribution studio Touchstone at that time. If you saw this movie in the theater, the name Disney was not on this at all. And it was a moderate success for, you know, film standards. It grossed $90 million in the box office, but it really became a cult classic. And about a decade after its release, suddenly Disney was like, oh, hey, you all liked this movie. We'll start putting (laughs) our name on it. So now if you go buy a Blu-ray, it'll say Walt Disney's Nightmare Before Christmas. So in the late 90s, the overlays for both It's a Small World and The Country Bear Jamboree were tremendously popular. And so the Imagineers said, what else can we do in our parks? And everybody immediately went to the Haunted Mansion. There's got to be some sort of holiday overlay there. Um, Originally, they had come up with a concept that was a Charles Dickens Christmas Carol theme for the Haunted Mansion. So it was all going to be Charles Dickens as told through this like Haunted Mansion scary spin. And during the conversations, there was one particular Imagineer uh, named Steven Davidson who said, well, hold on. If we want to make this kind of a spooky version of a Christmas story, of a Christmas Carol, why not just do this through the lens of Nightmare Before Christmas since that's our movie? And so that's how it got started. I think it's important to note that Steven Davidson also created Fantasmic and World of Color, and he was responsible for the other two overlays um, at the Country Bear Jamboree and It's a Small World. So he knew what he was doing. Yeah, but he was given Um, like a gift with this one. I mean, it's just the possibilities are endless. Well, and it was also Stephen who came up with the idea to create the 12 Days of Christmas poem as the storyline for Nightmare Before Christmas. So if you've been on the ride, you'll hear the narrator giving kind of the 12 Days of Christmas poem over and over again as you proceed through the ride, which totally ties in really nicely with the Haunted Mansion and with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. So the Imagineers had to get approval from Tim Burton, of course. And after they showed him kind of their mock-up, he immediately said, yes, I love this. And they were off to the races. So I think one thing beyond just being able to marry the Haunted Mansion with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, what makes it so special is that they go all out for both the interior and the exterior of this attraction. Um, I should mention that I took a lot of this information from both All Ears and from Inside the Magic. But one thing that Inside the Magic said, and I'm going to quote them here because I love this, how they describe it is, Every night, over 400 flickering candles and over 100 jack-o'-lanterns illuminate the outside grounds of the mansion. 
giving it an inviting and mesmerizing glow. Inside, familiar scenes from both the stretching room and the portrait gallery are given a Nightmare Before Christmas twist. Most notably, perhaps, is the animated Jack Skellington and Zero sequence that hauntingly appear on the stretching room ceiling, spooking guests year after year. Unfortunately, because the ride was originally made in the 60s, a lot of the voices for this ride have passed away. So they couldn't get the original narrator or the original um, Madame Leota to voice these characters. Uh, But instead, they keep Madame Leota in the ride and they had um, an actress named Suzanne Blanksley come in to do the voice and an Imagineer named Kim Irvine be the face of Leota in the crystal ball. Now, Kim Irvine was actually the daughter of the original Madame Leota. So she still got to stay in there. Hold on. Side note on the same theme. Yeah. Did you watch the Muppets Haunted Mansion holiday or the Muppets Haunted Mansion thing on Disney Plus yet? I sure did. Did you see who the cameo was? It was her daughter. Oh, it was. It was Kim Irvine. It was Kim Irvine. She had a little cameo and she was wearing the Haunted Mansion costume and came in. Yes, I love that. Yes. I mean, there was a million cameos, but yes, I love that she was in it. Uh, Another element is that, again, the voice actors were deceased. A lot of the voice actors from the series, uh, a lot of the voice actors from the film were also not available to reprise their role for the recording. So they ended up bringing a fair amount of newer voices. The only original voice from... The movie that also made it into the ride is Oogie Boogie, Ken Page. He is the individual who returned to reprise his role. Uh, But here's a fun fact. I did not know this. The voice for Jack Skellington in the holiday overlay is a man named Chris Sarandon. And Chris played Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride. Oh. A random connection. (laughs) And then I think the last thing we should mention, which we also mentioned before, is that they always go all out with the giant gingerbread in gingerbread house inside the ballroom. It is original and new every so year. And this particular year, I think it's at its tallest at 15 feet high. And every single year, the gingerbread house weighs over 200 pounds. It's so good. It's this one. I mean, we talked about it the other week, like. The fact that it pays homage to like every previous gingerbread house that they ever designed is just amazing. And there's a whole special you can find online um, behind the scenes of the gingerbread house and how they built it and how they build it every year. And it's like the culinary team does it. And it's an edible gingerbread house. Like it's amazing. It's incredible. I know they'll also usually put one. They did like an Oogie Boogie inside the Grand Californian a couple of years ago. And I think that one said it was like over 500 pounds. So these are big boys, guys. These are not your your typical (laughs) gingerbread house. They're massive. Uh, I love it. I I absolutely love everything about Haunted Mansion Holiday. And that's also why I'm bummed that we're not for sure going this season. Because we might not get I to know. see it. And then it goes down for refurbish- refurbishment. It goes down in January every year. So they can switch it back over to regular Haunted Mansion for the rest of the year before it goes down again in like uh, July, August to get redone for holiday. That's the one bummer about the overlay is that it does take, you know, three to four weeks for them to set it up and tear it down. So if you're a fan of the original Haunted Mansion and you don't care about the overlay, 
I would not plan a trip in either August or January to the parks for that ride because it won't it'll be down. So there you have it. That is the story of the Haunted Mansion overlay at Disneyland. And I hope you all get to go ride it soon and see it and see the giant gingerbread house. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I can't wait. I really I'm it's like going to be worth the money for us just to come down to go do it because I love it. And it's far superior to what they have on the other coast with uh, the Jingle Cruise. Like the overlay is far superior. It's just it's beautiful. And even when you walk in to the loading area and they've completely redone that um, scene in there where the doom buggies are that you get on and it's like the snow and everything. It just looks so good. It's the best. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Okay. So one last thing before we wrap up, Um, as I'm sure a bunch of you have heard me say on the podcast before I run, I do races. I, for some reason have yet to do a run Disney event, which needs to change. Cause I feel like now for the podcast, I need to go do the Disney world marathon weekend so I can talk about it. But, um, consider it research, Adam. It is, it is. We'll uh, take that out of our non-existent budget to pay for that <laughs> trip. Um, but I am uh, a longtime runner and I do it only because I've had a significant number of people in my life affected by cancer. Um, my best friend and now my mom who is continuing to go through her cancer treatments and is uh, alive today thanks to a immunotherapy treatment that was developed through fundraising efforts like what I do for every race. So I'm getting ready for my 17th marathon uh, in a couple weeks in New York City, going back to New York to win the New York City Marathon for my mom. Fault my mom for my love of Disney and everything else because she first drugged me there (laughs) when I was a wee little one. Um, So, yeah, uh, you know, it's something I do. I I continue to do because, unfortunately, uh, there's not enough funding for the research and development of these life-saving cancer treatments that are continually um, being developed and saving lives. And so that's why I do it. You know, I've raised probably close to $100,000 over the years for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society uh, to just continue this fight. So all that said, we're going to run a little little contest here for all of our favorite listeners uh, for anybody who donates $25 between now and Friday, November 5th, you'll be entered into a drawing for a $100 Disney gift card. So you can do what you will with it. You can buy a $74.99 popcorn smelly <laughs> um, spirit jersey, <laughs> uh, whatever you want. But there will be a $100 Disney gift card. Somebody's name will be drawn out of a hat, out of some Mickey ears or something. I don't know. Um, but so we will post on at Generation Depot on the Instagram page. Um, we will post the link and information about it and what to do. Just make a comment when you donate saying love Gen D or something like that. Um, so we know it's from you and yeah, and we'll do the drawing on the end of the day on November 5th, but you know, bottom line, thank you all for listening to us and, uh, in advance, thank you for the support as we try to really kick cancer's butt. Yeah, it's been weighing on our minds and our hearts over here. In addition to Adam's mother, we also found the, out the unfortunate news that our dear friend Allison Mertzman is also suffering from breast cancer and has just started her journey and battle with Um, overcoming this. And so we are sending her our thoughts and love as well as everybody out there who are personally affected by cancer at this time. And I can't wait to do this with you, Adam. I think that this is a great cause. And if you are interested in donating, like Adam said, we will have this up on our Instagram 
$25 gets you one entry for that $100 Disney gift card. Yeah. Who doesn't love a Disney gift card? I love a Disney gift card. And here's exactly why, folks. Here's my hot tip on a Disney <laughs> gift card. If you have a Disney trip planned it well in advance, you can use those Disney gift cards to help pay off your trip. So Christmas is around the corner. Ask family to give you gift cards instead of presents that you can just use towards the payment of your trip. You know, save yourself a little there you bit go. of that And money. somebody, some lucky person will have an extra hundred bucks to go to their next Disney trip here in a couple of weeks. So uh, thank you. Remember, we are at Generation D Pod on Instagram. We'll post the information up there when this uh, now, I guess it's there. It is there. We not will. This whole time travel thing, guys, and podcasting, it's a little all over the place, a little crazy. And then remember, if you want to use that $100 gift card to book your next trip to Disney, call Dana. She'll do it. Sounds good. All right. Well, have a great rest of your week and see you soon, Adam. See y'all. Have a good week.